0: Hello everyone and welcome once again to the Buxton Real Estate Bayside Podcast. It's episode three. I'm your host, Anthony Hudson. And coming up, we get the latest market news. We'll ask how big May 11 might be for the property industry. We'll highlight some great properties that are for sale now through Buxton Real Estate. And of course, those war stories from our team that have seen it all. Today, we're going to hear the story of real estate's very own Goldilocks. Can't wait for that one with David Hart and Johnny Clarkson ready once again in the Brighton office of Buxton Real Estate. G'day, David. Good morning, Hutto. Good to be here again. And John, welcome to you.
1: Very
2: good, Hutto, and very good intro. And what I like about you, you always state the facts, which is great.
0: Well, maybe I shouldn't be doing a real estate podcast then, John.
2: No, you definitely uh, you fit in beautifully, Hutto. It's perfectly suited to you.
0: Now, to be serious, it does feel like there's a bit more optimism, um, certainly around the country, and we've seen some of the real estate rules relaxed in other states, which I'm sure you guys are probably a little bit jealous of. But broadly speaking, um, do you feel like there's a little bit more optimism?
1: Hutto, I think without doubt there's more optimism now. I think that well, particularly the federal government is has got a view to get things opened up again and to get business back on track by... The middle of the year. Uh, We're certainly seeing an increase in activity from people prepared to to make offers on properties and and buyers getting engaged. So, you know, nonetheless, I think that Victoria might be a little bit slower than our neighbouring states, whether that's a good or a bad thing, I don't know. But there is certainly optimism. And the news that we're hearing with um, the freeing up of open for inspections within limitations in other states Uh, It'll flow on here eventually. So, absolutely, uh, the signs are certainly better than they were when we spoke two weeks ago.
0: So what is the significance of May 11, do you think, from a uh, a local point of view?
1: Look, it's it's very important, obviously,
2: that the federal government Uh, with the cabinet meeting on Friday, we're sitting with bated breath for that one. And and, and Monday's a really big day for us because what we're hoping for is there's a little bit more direction from the state government and obviously relaxing of the rules because at the moment, the the buyers are getting used to a private appointment arrangement. That's actually actually how it was in the early 90s. So people that, that are that old actually remember how business operated on that basis. But they came very used to open for inspections and a standard formula in terms of real estate. So they've had to get their head around a different way of doing business. The same end result, like you get into the same destination, but it 's just taking a little bit longer, and hopefully Monday we all of the view that they might be in a position where they can make it a little bit easier, hopefully open up inspections, hopefully an ideal situation that going back to a maximum of ten people, and that' give some some more competition and some some genuine confidence in the market again
0: is that what you 're expecting David uh, absolutely,
1: and you know what we 're looking forward to is when we can conduct some public auctions again. Now, that mightn't be your typical auction out in the street with a big crowd there. It might be in a private boardroom environment with a limited number of people or whatever. But I think that the public, you know, it's not, not everyone loves to have to go and bid at an auction, but I think it's, it's the, the good properties sell best at auction. There's a real finality to it from vendor and buyer's point of view. I think people want to get involved. And whereas, as Johnny said, things are happening, it takes a bit longer to get there, I just think our our environment in Bayside down here is conducive to that auction environment. Um, And again, not not to have 150 neighbours all watching, but to to put people in a situation where they can come along and participate in a safe environment, but uh, actually get engaged with the process and and bring it to a head. So um, hopefully the news next week is good news. Uh, but certainly we are uh, optimistic of that happening.
0: Are people getting more used to the current situation so there might actually be a bit more movement on properties soon? I think, look, I've
1: just done a a print-off this morning of all the properties that have sold in Bayside in the last couple of weeks and the numbers aren't huge but they're certainly there and I think we're in a situation now where you need to get buyers and vendors back on the same floor. Uh, As we discussed in our last podcast, we can say the market might have come back 10%. I can tell you now, the buyers come back far more quickly than the vendors, but uh, looking at some of the results that have taken place in the last fortnight or so, a lot of the vendors have obviously adjusted their price to get their properties sold, and it's worked. Um, So there are a few more transactions there. Um, On the other hand, I think that we've got a few buyers out there who want to buy properties, but they are trying to pick the bottom of the market. Now, the most unfortunate part is the only time you ever pick the bottom of the market is when it's already come off the bottom and started moving upwards again. So people have got to be very careful by sitting on the fence and letting someone else take a property away that would suit them uh, for a price that they might look back in a month's time and say, you know, we should have bought that one because there's nothing else around that's quite like it now.
0: Is it too early to try and predict when there might be a, a rise in the number of properties for sale?
2: Look, I think that next week, getting back to that big May 11th D-Day, I think that's going to – a lot of people sitting on the fence until they get an announcement there. And just to touch on Hardy's point before, it's actually interesting in terms of meeting the minds with vendors and buyers. Often what happens in a falling market or a transitional market is the vendors take the stairs – down the uh, high-rise, but the buyers take the elevator down. So you have a transitional period that we're going actually going through now, but vendors that are meeting the market and are happy to, and be receptive to what's actually going on are still selling their properties. The ones that are 10% above or looking at sort of pre-corona prices are going to find they're going to hold for an extended period of time in ter- terms of their property. In terms of getting back to the second point about volume... Later in the year, in terms of spring, the last thing the real estate market needs and wants is for this massive overflow of property to come in, because that will definitely have a significant negative effect on market price and market value.
0: Yeah, so what would your advice be to somebody who's thinking about selling at the moment?
2: It's it's very simple and straightforward. If they're realistic and they're genuine and their property's ready, they should be marching into the market now. Because the reality is no one, including ourselves, a, a, a economists, can make a prediction for the future. What we do know now, the people we're dealing with from a buyer perspective have got their ducks in line, they've got their finance in order. In a lot of cases, they've sold a property or they're coming out of a rental and they really want to step up to actually make a purchase. There's no point in waiting on for a massive overflow of properties to come in because at the moment... Uh, vendors are actually, the, the ones that have got on the front foot are actually in a better position because if not a freedom of choice, there's not a great deal of properties on the market to actually choose from. So buyers that that are genuine and most deal, we're dealing with at the moment are not tie kickers, they're really keen to make a purchase if they see, see the right thing. There's no point in waiting because no one knows in terms of three or six months potentially what the fallout
1: might be. And on that on that out, next week is so critical because we've got a few vendors who have had their photos taken They're ready to go, but they want just some confidence. They're waiting for a little bit of confidence to know that things are going to open up a little bit. They want to sell, but they're just, you know, it might be a week, it might be three weeks, but they are... At the starting gate, ready to get their property on the market, but they just need that confidence that things are going to be eased up a little bit. So, um, you know, we don't want to see the oversupply, but certainly I would expect in the next month, six weeks, you're certainly going to see an influx of uh, a few more coming on the market.
0: Talk about a few that are on the market shortly. What's happening in the market with rentals and so forth?
1: We've been pleasantly, if the surprise is the right word, because uh, obviously there are a lot of tenants who are hurting. Uh, but we're finding that uh, landlords and tenants have been absolutely fantastic, generally speaking, in trying to work things out. And in the, in the vast majority of cases, we've had landlords and tenants agreeing on some kind of relief. Um, so whereas we anticipated, we, you know, we've got a pretty substantial rent roll, we anticipated having a real knee-jerk reaction where we had battles between tenants saying, I can't pay rent, don't want to pay rent. It's been, um, it's been terrific how um, conciliatory they've been in, in their in their approach, and so it's, it's still good. It's not as easy to rent out properties as it was before, no doubt, but I think that people are, people are being very reasonable, Hutto, and they're working together. So if any one of our landlords or tenants are listening, I want to say thank you, because our, our team of seven or eight people have been very, working very hard to negotiate, but in most circumstances, um, they've got agreement and, and, things are, and things are moving quite well.
0: Yeah, well, that is great to hear. I, I, not necessarily your area, but the commercial rentals is going to be something that's going to be interesting and it's just a great unknown, I suppose, with the way the economy's headed and how we come out of this as well in terms of um, the way businesses are structured and so forth.
1: That's interesting because I was talking to a, uh, a commercial agent last week and, and one of their concerns is because a lot of these people who have got substantial commercial spaces that, that they are renting themselves and all, the vast majority of their staff are working uh, remotely Yeah, and it's working particularly well. They're saying, well, do we need to have this X number of square metres of office space when potentially we, don't, we can have most of our staff working remotely and save ourselves a fortune? So. You know, we're not commercial agents here, but certainly I think that's going to be a very interesting time in the next few months to see if there is a a recalibration of people's thinking on how they run their businesses and whether they need to spend, you know, the thousands of dollars that we all do on commercial rental space.
0: Indeed. We'll watch that space with much interest. Johnny, can I ask you, how are salespeople surviving the current situation?
2: Yeah, look, it's, it's a challenge for everyone There's no doubt about that. You've got to do business a, a little bit of a different way because when you're doing vendor meetings, for example, you only can meet with a maximum of one person. So a lot of the meetings have gone to Zoom. Uh, that's a mechanism that's actually worked quite positively. There's nothing better than a face to face meeting, but we've had to change our, our structure with that. So Zoom's actually become our best friend. You've still got to relay the message so you can still get the message across. But the nature of a salesperson is usually it's person to person is where they make the contact, whether they're, they're the most impressive and, and whether are the most genuine. So we've had to adjust accordingly there. The salesperson's day is slightly changing, and slightly different because our structure is, is fairly significant in terms of Monday extended sales meeting. Then you go and see the new properties. Wednesday and Saturday are basically being you're open for inspections plus private inspections and vendor meetings. So a combination of that. So... We've had to be a bit more adaptable, a bit more flexible with the way you go about it. And there's been a lot more phone uh, phone calls in, in terms of communication because the one thing at the moment that doesn't change in this business, like in terms of our office, we ring our vendors every single day because their appetite for communication has never been higher and they're getting misinformation in the media and have different thoughts and have different opinions because the great thing about real estate, everyone's an authority on it and everyone's got, a, uh, got uh, an opinion on it and it's a bit like footy, like you read the back page of it and then that tends to indicate and, and determine your thinking. So real estate's no different. There's a lot of misinformation in the media now, so it's important to keep that clarity and keep that communication on a one-to-one basis, and then everyone's on the same page, right?
0: Hey, that's a a great point you make, too, uh, about everyone being an expert. It is something that everyone feels like they know, isn't it? You guys both must have experience of that, of people telling you with with their great expertise about what's going to happen in the market.
2: The brilliant thing about real estate, as you know, everyone's got an opinion on it, and when you go in an appointment and you, you say to someone in terms of the vendor, oh, what do you think it's worth? And they say, oh, well, that's what you, you're here for. You're the expert. And then you give them a a price. Uh, oh, look, we think the opinion of value is around one and a half. Oh, we thought it was three million. So <laughs> they all have an opinion, I can assure you. And I mentioned in our first podcast the great reason why we still have a job because there's always a 10 to 15% disparity between vendors' expectations and where the market's actually at. So our job is to give the information across, be genuine, be sincere and offer opinions of value that are actually within the the realms of, of what the vicinity of the price should be worth, because if not, you're running into a hell of a headwind.
1: And I think it's fair to say, Johnny, too, that every single person has a friend that we always call affectionately. Eddie the expert, so everyone knows someone who knows better about what they should or shouldn't do, and um, I'm sure they're all well-meaning, uh, but they can occasionally interfere in the process.
0: And they, they all know which, way, which direction the market's heading too, don't they?
1: They know better than we do, exactly.
0: All right, <laughs> let's talk about a couple of properties that are on the market. Uh, 21 Margarita to start with.
1: Uh, yeah, 21 Margarita, it, look, it's simply one of the best contemporary houses I've seen in Bayside. Uh, Margarita Street is one of the premier streets in Hampton. It's a, an ultra-contemporary property. It's something like 100 squares uh, of living, including the alfresco. You can park six or more cars in your basement garage. There's a, a media room and a games room in the basement. You've got the cellar down there. It's complete with the elevator. It is just full of amazing finishes all the way throughout. It's got a, a full lap pool. Um, the, the orientation's perfect. It's northwest. But um, as I said at the start, it's one of the most amazing and stunning architecturally designed contemporary homes I've seen in Bayside for a long, long time. And it's been on the market for a week. Uh, there has already been an offer in writing on it. So hopefully it'll sell relatively quickly. But uh, it's certainly online and you can enjoy, you know, going through the photographs and the, and the video and, uh, and making a private appointment if you'd like to see it.
0: What's the, what's the ballpark area on that one?
1: A circle around six mil. We've had an offer that's just shy of that so far, but not a, lot, not a long way away. So circling circle the six mil.
0: All right. That sounds like one in your league, uh, Johnny. Uh, 48B Lucas.
1: 48B Lucas is a brand-new town residence. It's got a little plunge pool, which is not that common in town residents living. It's full of natural light. Lucas Street's one of the best two or three streets in Brighton East. It has a beautiful garden or gardens or park that separates from the next street in in Regent Street. Uh, We're chasing something in the high twos for that one, but it's brand new. It's contemporary. It's got a downstairs, alternate master bedroom, all the right finishes um, in a beautiful tree-lined street.
0: Nice. 39, uh, 39 black.
2: Yeah, beautiful, beautiful property. Walking distance and metres to Church Street. And as you know, Church Street is the shopping mecca of Bayside and probably Victoria, as your wife would uh, be (laughs) able to give uh, credit to Hutto and also your good self because I know you're a prolific spender of the dollar when it comes to buying presents for other people. Got a real European flair about it. Four bedrooms, three bathrooms, uh, car parking for four. It's an EOI. Uh, with the date of June third and the price range around there is about four and a half to, to four point seven is is where we believe we'll get our interest.
0: All right, and two seven Lathedon Street.
2: Yeah, good, uh, good, good property. This one, different sort of price range. Three bedrooms, uh, two bathrooms, uh, good garaging. sits at, sits at the rear. Once again, in a really high profile position, walking distance to uh, the Dendy Village. In terms of with with all hands and. And cafes and fruit shops, so very handy to public transport too. The bus just around the corner sits on a single level with the right aspect northwest facing at the rear. So that's one that we just bounced the ball on, and we've we'll got our first inspections on Saturday. We've already had 14 inquiries on that. And the great thing about this market is if you're dealing with people, they are genuine buyers. So we're looking forward to Saturday.
0: All right, sounds, sounds like things are uh, really heating up. Let's finish with some war stories. I'm saying plural because I'm going to demand something of Hardy today. Uh, but, Johnny, can I lead you in by saying what kind of uh, people and personalities succeed and survive in real estate?
2: Well, the ones that don't are the ones that over promised and under-deliver, the ones that... Uh think about putting a massive price on a property when it's not worth that and the ones that go go about their business and don't keep their word really struggle, and especially struggle in this industry here but there's a range of personalities that Hardy have seen myself I've seen over the years come and go the, the the five minute wonder who comes in and sells three properties and you don't hear from from the next 12 months but there's a range of personalities and I know Hardy's dealt with a number of them over the years and I'm sure he'd like to share a couple of little examples there.
1: Uh, well we have Hutto and as Johnny said we've seen a lot of interesting characters over the years and one that sprung to mind was back in the early 90s, which was in, during the recession years, which were pretty tough years and we had uh, a few people floating into real estate from other professions and if you, if you knew someone working in real estate or had a contact, it wasn't that hard to get a gig at the time, someone was always happy to give you a desk and one gentleman who joined real estate, for, for the sake of the story, we'll call him Des, um, and Des had absolutely no experience whatsoever, but he made up for that with enthusiasm. And back in those days, we used to roster on the Sunday open for inspection run where a single salesperson might do half a dozen opens. Um, And I think it's fair to say that in those recession years, you could go and do half a dozen opens and not see one person come through a house. And that was hard enough in itself. On Dez's allocated Sunday, on his rostered day, um, anecdotally, Dez had had a very, very heavy Saturday night, uh, which makes things even harder when you've got to go and, um, on, a, on a winter's day open six properties, but nonetheless, he fronted up full of bravado and um, opened his first five properties for the day, and I think he saw two people for the whole day, and um, fair to suggest by the end of his fifth open for inspection that uh, Dez was stuffed, and uh, <laughs> He turned up at his last open for inspection of the day. It was a cold afternoon. It was wintry. He parked his car at the front, put his board out there, put his flag in the flag holder and went inside. And sure enough, as expected for his first 20 minutes or so, not a person came through the house, not one. So in his wisdom, on the back of that hard Saturday night, Des thought, well, I'm going to go and have a lie in the bed for 10 minutes and just recharge the batteries. Surely if someone walks in now, I'll hear them. I'll jump up and I'll go to the front door and greet them. Well, you can probably guess the rest of the story here, Hutto, because 20 minutes later the Bendors arrived home, only to see Dez's car still parked out the front of the house and the flag still blowing in the breeze and they opened for inspection board there. And upon further investigation, they found Des tucked up under the blankets, head on the pillow, snoring very contentedly in one of the kids' beds. So <laughs> suffice to say that Dez's real estate career was uh, shortly thereafter freed up. So there's someone who perhaps will not <laughs> survive in the, in the current market. But that's certainly one story that uh, no, no, I affectionately recall. Yeah,
0: oh, you, fantastic.
1: You cater for all sorts of uh, people in this business, Hutt, I, I can assure
2: you. Now, I can't top that one with with Hardy today, but what we can talk about, it's amazing the different personalities to deal with in this particular business. And one sale that does stand uh, was in the early 2000s and there was a really high-profile AFL legend who I managed to sell a property to in the early 2000s in March of that year. And this AFL legend is actually even a bigger name than you, Hutto, so I'm talking wow. serious, top of the town. Yeah, no, you can say well, because there's not many that actually fit that criteria. But I have the privilege of dealing with this particular gentleman in March of that year And his employment may have been uh, short-lived within that particular season and that particular year and managed to resell it for him uh, later in the year, actually October. So there was a change from March to October – where his employment situation did change from being given a position at the top Ed at one of our bayside clubs down here, and managed to sell it for him in October. But having said that, the payment was short-lived because we managed to put half a me in his pocket from wow. the purchase to the actual to the actual sale period. The market was very kind to him, but he made some very astute. Him and his wife were very astute in terms of making some adjustments to the house in terms of decorating and creating and a and, and value in it and, and adding a, a product in the end that was pretty poorly presented initially went on the purchase but really well done uh, on the other end when it actually did uh, sell. And I reckon, take a little bit of investigation, you might arrive at the person who that is, had <laughs> I?
0: I might, but I better not for the sake of this. Uh, I'll <laughs> talk to you about it off air. Uh, Johnny and Hardy, great stories uh, this week and uh, as you said, let's... Keep our fingers crossed that things will open up and in the right way and uh, that the market on all fronts starts to, just to pick up and gives people that confidence. Uh, and we see plenty at your doorstep soon.
1: Absolutely. Thanks again, Harto. Really uh, good fun to join and uh, have the conversation with you again.
0: Good stuff. David Hart and Johnny Clarkson joining us there from Buxton Real Estate. You can get in contact with them if you're going to buy you want to sell. Of course, buxton.com.au.